Hi, my name is Rocky Balboa. <laughs> It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Vint with their views as we deploy Operation Retroshock. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 38 of Operation Retroshock. I am one half of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me as always is... Why are you so loud? I don't know, because it's the microphone, I just feel like I am having to project myself. We have been watching uh, the topic we are going to speak about today, so seeing all the ring announcers and all that sort of thing has got me in the mood to project myself. My ears are going to bleed. Uh, yeah, hello, I'm Chris Fint, and we have a special guest with us today to help us talk about... Um, well, I'll let him introduce himself and what we're talking about. Over to you, sir. Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Porter, Pop Culture Network contributor in uh, the Comics Corner. And what are we talking about today, Ryan? We are talking about the Italian stallion himself, Mr. Rocky Balboa. Woohoo! <laughs> okay. Obviously, we have like um, <clears throat> six films to go through, so it's going to be a two-parter. So it seems to be that whenever Pop Culture Network's involved, it seems to be two parts. Yes. Because Star Wars was the first one, so... Yep. Yeah, so it's nice to have you on board, Ryan. This is the first time that Ryan and Alan have actually spoke to each other, whereas Ryan and I have spoken on many occasions. This is my first time visiting Operation Retroshack. It's, uh, it's a nice place you guys have here. Yeah, it's just a little bit echoey, so just forgive us for that. It's big. It's very big, that's why. Yeah, it's like Alan, it's very loud. You believe that America is the land of opportunity. Apollo Creed does. And he's going to prove it to the whole world by giving an unknown a shot at the title. That unknown is you. It's the chance of a lifetime. You can't pass it by. His name is Rocky. His whole life was a million to one shot. Oh, man. He says to me, you weren't born much of a brain. Oh, so uh, you better start using your body, right? So I've become a fighter. Time, kid. Let's go. My mother, she said, said you weren't born much of a body, so you better develop your brain. The electricity is all over the place tonight as Rocky Balboa. You know, I've been coming in for six years. In six years, you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You want to know? I want to know Because you had a talent to become a good fighter. How about I wait here and you fight? Apian is a loser. No, you're looking very great today, you know that? And if you don't watch out, you're going to end up dying alone. I got to go now, but uh, don't you leave town, huh? And you're going to end up dying alone. Hey, I don't see no crowd around you, need. Wish me luck, I'm going to need it. Our 50 to 1 underdog living a Cinderella story. I think we make a real sharp couple of coconuts. I'm done with your shot. What do you think? He's captured people's imaginations all over the world. What's the problem? 
like me. Rocky Balboa climbing into the ring now. Touch me. The Italian Stallion. Take me in your arms. Is that the world heavyweight champion? You know, Green? It really don't matter if I lose this fight. Is he supposed to be George Washington? So all I want to do is go to distance. The world heavyweight champion. Seeing that bell rings and I'm still standing. I for the first time in my life. Creed I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. I want you to. How did you come to train in an ice box? I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you. Now you're a big shot fighter on the way up. You don't even draw a clump to your friend Paulie. His whole life was a million to one shot. Um, so, Ryan, um, obviously Rocky was written by Sylvester Stallone. For you, is this his best work? I would have to say yes. I think you'd have a hard time arguing for anything that's better than Rocky. Uh, certainly he's had a large and expansive career, and, and certain things might be liked more by other people, but you'd be hard-pressed to find anything better that he's been a part of. I'll it's, it's, it is really hard obviously Sylvester Stone he's been involved in another series called Rambo and various other different movies what about Driven did you ever see Driven oh Ryan? I've seen I've seen Driven no I saw the trailer and decided not to see the film <laughs> that was a good choice so I, I saw it when it came to TV it was oh my lord it was bad um, but this definitely has to stand out as his best work it's basically what put him on the map and I think it was a pretty lucky strike he had here with this considering if he'd have maybe done some of his later work at the beginning it might have ended badly mm, true true so Ryan um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this but Operation Retroshock is kind of obsessed with budgets and films so Rocky 1 was actually shot on a budget of 1 million pound dollars sorry and was shot in 28 days and made 225 million uh, is that something that would happen these days, do you think? Not likely. Uh, I can think of a uh, few years, well, a few years ago, it's been over 10 years actually, uh, the Blair Witch Project uh, comes to mind. But um, I, no, nothing that's, that's had this kind of impact. Obviously Blair Witch was kind of a, a, a thing of the time and uh, has been copied and stuff. But, but I mean, here we are, however many years later, and we're still talking about Rocky. And 30 years from now, they will not be talking about Blair Witch. So um, <laughs> to have the uh, kind of impact that this film had and on the budget and everything that it was, was done on is, is pretty spectacular. Yeah. I think it was when we were researching for this, it was something along the lines of Rocky's... five films? Rocky's return was about, in terms of overall history, is about sixth, so it is. Um, in recent years, like Ryan said, you had Blair Witch, I think, at second. Super Size Me was one of them. Super Size Me was one of them. Number one was paranormal the recent, that Paranormal Activity. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the most recent <clears throat> one that's had a huge return because it was only shot on like $50,000 or something like that. But um, it's a hell of a good return because it was number one up until like that string of movies came out. Yeah. So considering the age of it, they've held number one for so long. It's pretty darn cool. I'm sure... It- 
at no stage would he have thought that he would have spent one million on like a film to do with a boxer and make you know like 224 million profit there's no way you would think of that so um obviously you know Sylvester Stallone wrote this he must have thought hey I'm gonna star in this or hey yo good style you know um but Ryan can you envisage anyone else playing Rocky Balboa uh no and neither could Sylvester Stallone because when he approached uh the studio escapes me at the moment Universal, but when was it? was it Universal MGM I think MGM that's right we and he approached MGM with, with the script they loved it and basically wanted to buy the script from him they didn't want him involved at all but he told them that without him he wasn't going to give it over so obviously he didn't see anyone else playing Rocky Balboa either um yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, unfortunately, it has to be Sylvester Stallone because he's kind of a, a diss that D's and does kind of guy, and uh, he's basically playing a, a glorified version of himself. So, he, he, he's not the most uh, charismatic individual, and neither was Rocky, which is why I think it works so well. Mm, true. Alan? It's, you have to agree. It's a case of, if you were to look at people, especially from that time period, as to really in terms of the way the character was developed that could have got the you know just the wee mannerisms that come across with him that he's slightly simple and all that sort of a thing I'll put it on it makes me smell mainly yes that sort of a thing you you can accept that from Stallone it's just part just a part of the way he talks as well um you can accept that from him but if I was to think back as the sort of actors that were kind of big in this time period, I don't think anybody could have really cut the mustard. I, I think I think that's kind of a good point, sir, just to build off of that, because Sylvester Stallone was such an unknown at this time that you're not seeing a big name play down to the role. You're 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 seeing a complete almost complete and utter unknown become Rocky Balboa. He is Rocky Balboa for a lot of people. He's not Sylvester Stallone necessarily. So I think the the unknown aspect worked more than, let's say, Sylvester Stallone himself. Okay. Um, obviously, you, you have your main actor, then you have your supporting cast. And this time we would have Carl Weathers, uh, Burgess Meredith, Burt Young, and also. Um, is it is Talia Shire. Talia Shire. Yeah, Talia. Talia. Um, <clears throat> who for you, Ryan, stood out um, amongst the rest, you know, as um, his best supporting actor, so to speak? Uh, that's a tough one, actually. It's it's not Talia Shire, just to put some of the suspense, <laughs> just to put some of the suspense to rest. Um, but between Burgess Meredith and Burt Young, I have a hard time. Uh, obviously, Burgess Meredith as as uh, Mick was just phenomenal, and uh, for me, Burt Young was always one of my favorites. He's the only one of the few, along with Stallone, that's been in every single Rocky movie. Um, but I guess I'd have to give the edge to Burgess Meredith. Oh? Ooh, see, I would have to give the edge to Burt Young. Um, maybe because he's been involved with you know Stallone in pretty much all of them. Um, I just love the character of Polly because you see, him, you see Rocky evolve throughout the movies, but you also see him evolve in a slightly different manner. But it's still, you know, his character changing as you go along. Um, it is kind of sad that you would have expected more from Talia Shire in this sort Not of her thing. her being in The Godfather and stuff. Exactly. Um, 
Carl Weathers is not to be kind of shoved to the side and all. He had a really good part. If his part maybe was slightly bigger, he'd have maybe got more recognition in it. Yes, he does get a reasonable enough amount of screen time, but in terms of probably character development, it wasn't huge in the first movie for me. Oh, well, you see, mine's different. Mine is Carl Weathers. Yeah? I just thought he was great in the first, well, three, four well three and a bit Rockies I suppose um, <laughs> you know like I just thought he was very good in that um, obviously if you're a fan of Carl Weathers you should see a film called Action Jackson have you seen that Ryan? <laughs> a very very long time ago <laughs> uh, basically this is like a really really rubbish rubbish version of James Bond like uh, Sharon Stone's in it and not to get too <laughs> off topic but there's a scene wherever a taxi runs and goes to run them over and his words are go to the police station I have to catch a cab and can actually run after a taxi now any man who can do that and also in Predator you know his arm gets blown off but it's actually behind him any man who can do that and stand toe to toe with Rocky Balboa is just a diamond in my eyes <laughs> So, Ryan, um, the um, Burgess Meredith, uh, as we said, played Mickey and um, didn't really want to know Rocky up until his big fight. But for you, what was the most memorable training part? Rocky punching the meat or running up the stairs? Oh, this is another brutal question. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that running up the stairs is the more culturally significant scene. Obviously, you've seen it parried and everything. And, and I mean, you're right down to... The, episode of the French Prince of Bel-Air. Um, but for me personally, it's Rocky punching the meat. Um, and just kind of how that evolved and, and the, the news crew filming it and um, uh, Burt Young's great line about, uh, if you do that to Apollo Creed, they put us away from murder. Sorry, my, my, my Paulie impression is not very good. But um, he's like, you can hear him breaking the ribs before they before Paulie even says it. And just the the look on his face when he's doing it and the fact that Apollo can't even bother to watch the news clip and, and Apollo's trainer is freaking out about what he's seeing him do to the meet. Um, I think for me that's that's the bigger scene, although running up the stairs with the music and the fanfare and everything is certainly more culturally remembered. Uh, for me, it's punching the meat. Oh. They are... I'm going to be a major Mr. Sit on the fence here. Yeah. I think they are pretty much as important as each other in terms of the film. If you were to go with, as Ryan says, you know, the cultural impact, I'm sure it probably happens numerous times on a daily basis in Philadelphia. If you have tourists there, just people deciding, oh, I'm going to run up these steps and then do the pose at the top. Mm -hmm. It probably does happen numerous times a day, so that is definitely huge. But They do have people breaking into meatpacking plants in Philly too. <laughs> To, uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> Just beating up on a pack of the sausages. Hey, yo. <laughs> Sorry, um, go ahead, Alan. <laughs> yeah, for for me, it would probably be running up the steps at the end. <clears throat> Just because it's it's not the first, it's not the last time that you'll see it. Um, obviously, you don't really see him pounding on the meat too much after the first one. Yeah. Um, so that's why I particularly like that. Um, speaking of the music, obviously the music of Rocky is very memorable with Gonna Fly now being the main music. Ryan, is the music still something you would listen to and specifically that track or is there another track later on that we'll probably talk about that you prefer more? Uh, well, if you've ever seen me on a video on Pop Culture Network, you know I don't get to the gym too often. But uh, when I do, uh, Rocky, Gonna Fly Now and some of the other songs that we're going to talk about later... 
uh, are always must-haves. If uh, I'm losing my steam, I got to switch over. I got Rocky in its own playlist, just to, so I know right where to get at it. So it's it's still. <clears throat> again, we talk about the the cultural significance of the running up the stairs scene. The music plays a huge part of that. I think kind of almost in the same vein as, as Star Wars, where a scene becomes more memorable because of the music. Mm-hmm. Cer- certainly, running up the stairs, or in the training and and the fight at the end, anything is 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 helped by the the fantastic uh, soundtrack, including the the main title of Gonna Fly Now. And obviously, it was done by Bill Conti, who also did music for a certain Master of the Universe film. Oh no, Alan! We talked about Masters on Operation Retro. Hey, it's, it's okay. I allowed him to speak about like Shira and all like back at Christmas time, so it's it's not too bad. I just have to get in there every once in a while. What, is that your favorite track or? Oh, is of it course, the... He-Man themes. Absolutely, my I'm favorite in ta- Rocky. About... I know, I know, I know, I know. He does have the power though. <laughs> oh, that's so oh, the power, the brick ribs. You know. <laughs> um, I love. Obviously, you've got so many songs on this soundtrack not only obviously for one but throughout as we say we'll talk about but every rocky movie has that standout song and it is like like ryan said it perfectly you could pretty much put a playlist together and if you were feeling pretty rubbish be it if you were say going to the gym or whatever and you were to stick that on you would probably sit back and just smile while you listen to it yeah <clears throat> i think a lot of people would use the wrestling music as well if not rocky music but i think rocky music is for that as well you know it's a lot handier for that um ryan was it interesting to see rocky look towards adrian for his love interest and going ice skating on thanksgiving and not the scripted dinner date uh it was interesting i suppose in uh and <laughs> worded carefully what was that? I said worded carefully. It was it was interesting. Um, it was just it's kind of unorthodox, which I I suppose really sums up Rocky. We talked before he's kind of a, an awkward, not highly intelligent kind of guy, and he and he thinks he's and he's not even in skates, um, which makes the scene even more weird. It's one of those like awkwardly cute kind of things. Like you know, at that point in the movie, he means well and he really really likes Adrian, but at the same time, it's almost hard to watch the scene because of, of how just weird and awkward it is. But I think that's that's kind of why it works, as opposed to, like you said, not not the scripted just going out to dinner and talking. He's got to be trotting alongside her on the ice talking about why left-handed fighters are called southpaws while she obviously doesn't care at all. So <laughs> it's, it's a very awkward but very cute scene all at the same time. For me, I could not picture, it would not fit in for me with, the style of the Rocky films for them to on their first date to have just went out to dinner it just it does not make sense especially the way obviously we see Adrian at the beginning of the Rocky movies she's really shy she's like she goes out and she's in this huge coat and she's wearing her glasses and that sort of thing you couldn't have seen that just sitting in a restaurant whereas I think it when they're at the ice rink it adds a bit more character to it and it's a sense of Again, Rocky's not wearing skates. That again plays into his character as he doesn't really care. He's like, "Oh, I'll just, I'll just run along here." Mm-hmm. Nearly like he sees it as part of his training sort of thing, as like you know, steady feet and stuff like that. But um, I th- think it's good the way he plays it up again about the fact. What does he say? She's out on is it out on a day release or something like that, or she's out. 
something like that. Yeah. It'll be nice to her. Here's you know so many dollars sort of thing. Okay, so we've moved from the dinner date to Rocky uh, stepping into the boxing ring to face Apollo Creed. For you, Ryan, is Creed his toughest opponent? And what is your fondest memory from Rocky being the first to take Apollo with a distance? Uh, well, obviously, Apollo had been his toughest opponent to that point. But, um, and I guess you, it was probably the biggest fight of his career, even though he goes on to fight all these uh, colorful characters and stereotypes and, and everything else. But um, my fondest memory would either be the night before the fight, when he's talking to Adrian about how all he wants to do is go the distance. He doesn't care if he wins or not. No one's ever gone the distance with Creed, and I'm not going to butcher another uh, uh, imitation. But um, <laughs> hey, why he's, not, he's, you know? he's, <laughs> he's sitting right on the edge of the bed, and he's like, I was thinking all I wanted was go the distance. No one ever gone the distance with Creed. And it's just like, man, that's awesome. But then when... I can't remember what round it's after, but Apollo, or not Apollo, Rocky just kind of bounces up and goes back, and, and there's this look on Apollo's face like, man, this guy just won't go down. Yeah, is, that, is that whenever he, like, waves his gloves at him, as if to say, come on? Yeah, and then yeah. and then there's, there's a scene, too, where Rocky's trying to pick himself up off the ground. It's the same kind of effect. And, and Apollo, you can just see him. He's not celebrating. He's like, stay down, stay down, stay down. And he gets up and he just he like rolls his eyes like, I cannot believe this guy won't quit. Um, I think the, the termination you see throughout the movie and then, of course, the more focused scene of, of the fight itself, uh, just Rocky just is not going to stop. And that, to me, is just, it, that's why this movie is, it's, it's what it is. It's so inspirational, both as a movie and in the fight itself. I think that... It's just for me the entire match of it, you know, at the end of this movie just really, really is fantastic. Because if my memory serves, it got an award for most realistic looking uh fake boxing match or something like that, you know, on film or something along those lines. Obviously those words are a wee bit not to the effect of what say the award would be called. <laughs> but you get I think the point. I think it's uh, I think I that's think what it is word. what it's called. Yeah, that's I think exactly. it's word for word. Yeah. <laughs> And here's the award for best fake-looking boxing thing, <laughs> or on film to date. Yes, that. Now, the 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 so, title of the trophy is bigger than the trophy. It's all. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Because if if I remember, it's a case of the said they were done with proper punches. It wasn't like canned effects in the sense of they were got out of like the history books and said, "Oh, there's a punching noise." Let's do that. The Obviously, they weren't hitting each other over the head or anything like that in the actual fight. Uh-huh. But it was actually they recorded them fresh in like training matches mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So it was pretty good in that aspect. But just it's the emotion that happens in that match is just it's fantastic. And it's just I think it's based on what we've seen for the entire first Rocky movie, the emotion and all that goes into it. It just kind of ties it all together for the end of the first one. Yeah, I think as as Ryan was saying earlier on, obviously, you know, you can see the deter- the ter- determination on Rocky's face, but also the sheer, um, like Apollo's just getting really flummoxed because he's kind of throwing yeah. everything at this guy and he just won't go down. And at the end of the day, it's kind of been, he's picked this guy because of his name. And as Ryan was saying earlier on, you know, whenever um, Tony's watching the um, Rocky f- um, punching the meat, um, he's getting really worried, and Apollo does, doesn't seem to care. Whereas if he'd done his research, you know, like it might have been different. But okay, <clears throat> I need to clear my throat here because at the end of the match, the scores are given out, and Rocky cries out for Adrian, 
meaning that she means more to Rocky than the heavyweight championship of the world. Um, was this a perfect ending to the film, Ryan? I'm sorry if I blew your eardrums, by the way. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, it was a really good ending. Uh, when I first saw this movie, oh, so many years ago, I had no idea that Rocky lost the fight. I just assumed, uh, as somebody who wasn't paying attention to all the ins and outs of the film, and as a young person, that Rocky won because the guy always wins. I had no idea he didn't win the fight. And then later, as I grew up and, and would watch it again and again, I realized, wait, he's he lost. But it doesn't matter because he went the distance, just like he said he wanted to. Um, and like that's that was what was important to him. And Adrian being there and like his his rock, whether she knew it or not, and all that she meant to him. Again, at the time, she probably didn't realize how much she meant to him but uh the fact that he lost the fight but you're still you still are filled with this feeling at the end of a movie like he did win the fight that to me is 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 just it's awesome absolutely awesome i love the fact that they could have so easily cheated you know everybody and just basically had rocky win the fight it really could have been your stereotypical all come from nothing and wins everything because obviously at this stage nobody would have known the fact that there was going to be another five movies down the line mm -hmm. um, so they could have just ended it there and been like oh yeah Rocky wins and there's your world champion so for them to actually obviously make it such a thrilling fight and then it still shows the fact that they lost by a split decision and then obviously it's we eventually find out it's called into a dispute of whether it was <clears> a <throat> fix or not Yeah, um, just sets everything up really really nicely for obviously number two was it like go ahead sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry. I was go just going to say wasn't the first fight in the in the first movie an exhibition though like was the title ever on the line I seem to remember, I think maybe I'm getting it confused with a later movie no because he said Apollo says what would be better than me to defend the title against the man oh that's right and then when the scumbag manager calls Rocky yeah. in when he thinks it's a sparring partner he says he's going to give you a shot that's right, you're right. I'm getting confused. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> There's not many of them. I like there the are fact a lot, though, yeah. I like the fact though that, you know, Rocky loses the fight but at the end of the day, you know, like he calls out for Adrian, he comes in the ring and that's whenever he says to her that he loves her and mm. the feelings mutual. Whereas it's kind of, you know, he's lost the fight but at the end of the day he's won something more maybe more important to him which is Adrian's heart and oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I, know, I know. But um it was just it was just very clever writing because at the end of the day it give you um uh, a good a good feeling at the end, you know, like for people going to the cinema or people watching on D V D which oh that's that's a good movie. So um when the final bell rings, um Ryan Apollo says that there ain't going to be no rematch and Rocky retorts with he doesn't want one. Were you aware of Rocky 2 or did you start at a higher Rocky number and work backwards? You know, was Rocky 1 the first Rocky you watched or were you introduced to it maybe by Rocky 3 being on television? In what way were you introduced into the Rocky series? Um, if I remember correctly, my first Rocky movie was Rocky 3. Um, I know we're not talking about Nintendo games, but I watched it at a friend's house. <laughs> and uh, said something to my dad uh, I don't know what day of the week it was or anything when I watched it but um, I said something to my dad about how I'd watched Rocky 3 and he kind of gave me this look and he's like have you ever seen Rocky and I was like no and he's like I have failed you as a father so then it was like this this big thing We I don't a few days later we went out and got pizza and rented 
the first Rocky movie you know, and watched it together. And, and like I said, that was when I had no idea that he did. I thought he won the fight. And my dad let me think he won the fight, which I'm not sure if that's a good parenting thing or a bad parenting thing to let me think <laughs> I won it, but we'll save that debate for another day. So I started with three and obviously knew that at some point there was, you know, there was a two, and that's probably would be the rematch. And, of course, my dad making his comments after ain't going to be in a rematch, don't want one. Oh, yes, there will be. But, um, so, yes, I knew there was going to be a rematch, so that ending might have been a little lost on me, but I've also always lived in a world where Darth Vader was Luke's father. So wasn't the worst, wasn't the worst surprise to have ruined. Um, but, yeah, I, I knew there would be a rematch. Yeah, I think um, for me it was Rocky Three that I first watched because I was a big fan of the A-Team whenever I was growing up, like, who wasn't really? And uh, I think what my dad was saying, like, oh, you like the A-Team, you like Mr. T, watch this, this has Mr. T in it. And obviously I was a big Hulk Hogan fan, so to see the two of them in the film was like, oh, this is this is the class. So then I worked backwards, you know, watched the first Rocky, and I always remember, I used to work in a video shop, and I always remember that... We put Rocky 1, and this was back in the day of VHSs before DVD came out. <laughs> so you put Rocky 1 in, and it would only get to so far, and then whenever it came down to the... It was like after, we were talking about like the gloves going like that there, it was slightly after that, the tape would shut off and rewind itself. Mm -hmm. So then you would have to put in Rocky 2 to see how the first fight ended. Oh. And it was just like, that was a pain in the hoop. But um, yeah, Rocky 3 was the, for the same... Um, my dad introduced it to me very much like Ryan's did. Well, as everybody knows... I'm a lot younger than everyone else. I'm the else. baby. Yeah. I'm the baby. Um, so, I was not around for any of the original... Fa well, I was around, but I didn't go to the cinema to see uh, all the original Rocky movies. Um, I got introduced to them on DVD, but I kind of technically got introduced to the Rocky universe as a result of my... Mum had been a huge fan over the years of the Rocky movies because obviously she kind of fancied Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> uh, most women probably did around that period of time, but she had named her dog Rocky. Um, so that was the first ever mention in my life of Rocky, but I eventually got the anthology given to me as a Christmas present. So I did get to work my way through them, one through five, and then obviously eventually when Rocky was it, came out. Was it one through five or was it one through four? And maybe a bit of five. No, I watched five. I watched five. I persevered. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, so uh, join us after the break. We'll be talking about, guess what, Rocky 2. That's right, yeah. Rocky really? Yeah, well, wonders it? never cease. I know, exactly. We're not going to jump to Rocky 3 and then work backwards. We're going to do it. <laughs> We're going to do it in proper order, so we are. So join us after the break for Rocky 2. You're listening to a podcast on popculturenetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys, comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to popculturenetwork.com and click on store. Hello, this is James Etook. If you like 80s cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not, then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek Magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc. Head on over to www.serialgeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. 
go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. Hi, this is Larry Candy, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince on Operation Retroshock. Thunder, 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 Thundercat. This guy just don't want to win, you know. He wants to bury, he wants to humiliate you. He wants to prove to the whole world that it was nothing but some kind of a, a freak the first time out. Rocky, his whole life was a million to one shot. But he's about to show the world he's one in a million. Why don't you stand up and fight this guy hard like you've done before? That was beautiful. Rocky II. The story continues. I was wondering if uh, wouldn't I marry me very much. I do. Thanks. The love continues. You're the best thing ever come like crazy life. The courage. The doctor said you shouldn't fight anymore. You recommend that I don't fight, and I recommend that I do. The challenge. I want all of America, I want the whole world to see me destroy this man after two short rounds. But Rocky, do you think you have a chance this time against Apollo? I don't know, he looks pretty mad. <laughs> the hope. I never asked you to stop being a woman, you know. Please. The tears. He's gonna get hurt because of you. Oh, if he goes blind, you walk away. I can't. I love you. The joy. He's really us. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> the pain. Don't worry about nothing. You just sleep as long as you want, okay? I'm gonna be here when you wake up. The struggles. You go back to being a two-bit nut. The dreams. I think we ought to knock his block off. Absolutely. Fifteen rounds for the heavyweight championship of the world. You think you're going to see a real great battle in every sense of the word? That's what this fight is going to be. It's going to be a war. You're going down, man. You're going down. The most electrifying rematch in motion picture history. Rocky II. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith. Rocky II. The story continues. Hello everybody and welcome back from the break. It is time of course to, as you might guess, talk about Rocky 2. Why do you always say hello? I just I always wonder that. It's never hello, it's hello. It's just the way I speak, Chris, when I'm on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you t- why do you talk like that? That's true. <laughs> Right, we'll jump straight into this. Uh, Rocky is one of the few franchises that picks up directly from the first film, with both Apollo and Rocky being taken to hospital. Uh, Was this a nice story arc, and of course Apollo challenging Rocky to a rematch in the hospital, Ryan? Yeah, I guess so. Um, If I'm going to be honest, for this next bit of discussion, I've got to say Rocky 2 is 
far from my favorite of the Rocky movies. I'm not sure what it is about it, but uh, it's not. I don't particularly enjoy it. But I do enjoy that it picks up almost immediately after the first one with them, like you said, being taken to the hospital, which also the original Halloween is another one of those franchises that picks up directly where the original left off with everyone being taken to the hospital. Um, and I, I, I completely understand the motivation of Apollo ch challenging Rocky because of the flack that he was, was getting from, yeah, he won, but not really. And now he wants to show everyone that, that um, he was just messing with Rocky, that he's actually better than Rocky, that Rocky isn't what everyone's making him out to be. Um, certainly that's not good for Apollo's eagle, so I, I, I enjoy and understand completely why Apollo would want to challenge Rocky. Chris? Um, yeah, it was nice. Um, like, obviously, you see the bit after the first film, you know, like how it all came about and what the second film is kind of following on from. And then your first shots are like the um, the ambulances taking Rocky and Apollo Creed respectively to the same hospital. Not different hospitals, but the same hospital. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that how it's picked up from the same film and how it's still continuing the story. It's not like, you know, two years later, Apollo Creed's come out and challenged Rocky to the fighter, I mean. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the hospital scene, it's a nice wee twist because obviously you had that moment in the ring at the end of the first one where Apollo clearly says there is not going to be a rematch. But as Ryan says, there's everybody comes out gives him flack, you know, you're not a true champion if you don't give him a rematch because he gave you a challenge. So he's sitting there and obviously that's when you see the wee exchange as well that we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, but leading into the rematch was pretty cool idea. I agree with Ryan that it isn't the best Rocky. It's probably in the sort of bottom feeders of the lot. There is, of course, the very popular bottom feeder but we shall get to that at the mm -hmm. next episode um, as I was saying the we exchange whilst in hospital Rocky visits Apollo to ask did you give me your best and Apollo reply, uh, replies yes this gives the first fight a lot more meaning of course to Rocky um, and did be like this little twist Ryan yeah, that was was awesome, especially the fact that, I mean, Rocky can barely walk down the hall to even visit Apollo to ask him, and you can tell that Apollo's just as beat up as Rocky is, and he really doesn't want to admit it, but he finally does say yes, and and that really, that's one of those things where a sequel can can help the first one, even if it's not a great movie in itself. Him admitting that he gave Rocky his all is uh, makes the first one so much better and uh, should set the stage for a much better sequel since it happened so early in the film. But um, it, is, it is a great little quiet moment with the, just the two of them. For me, it really does give that first movie so much, not a boost, but just a little addition to the plot, the way obviously all Rocky wanted to do was go the distance. So the fact that Apollo admits that he gave him his all really really helps that Chris um, <clears throat> yeah it certainly does give it more meaning the fact that Rocky has been Rocky says to Apollo you know did he give me your best yeah um, obviously Apollo maybe maybe may have been a bit offended 
about that, thinking that um, it was just a case of he didn't give him his best and just um, was loafing around and thought, I'll just go in the boxing ring and um, just take on this chump and I'll have him beat within about five minutes, go home, get my um, dinner, etc. But it was nice to see. Whoop. It was nice to see that, as I wrecked the face. He wrecked the microphone. Well nice. done, Christopher. <sighs> He's such a fool. There you go. Let yourself out. He's leaving the room. Um, right, we'll continue on as he walks away. Um, of course, we see uh, Rocky marries Adrian, and they are expecting their child. They buy a house. Um, after Rocky accepts Apollo's rematch, uh, she, give she gives birth, goes into a coma, uh, we see Rocky go through the motions, but his heart isn't in it. Um, when Adrian awakes, she says, when showing Rocky uh, doing his best for his wife. Does love conquer all, Ryan? Uh, I think, obviously, I think that's what they're trying to get across. Uh, for me, it's more that Adrian has finally caught up Rocky in terms of how they feel about each other like I mean yeah they got married and had a kid together and stuff but it was always Rocky was so excited Rocky loved Adrian Adrian was kind of just there and I don't know if that's the character or Talia Shire's fault that we feel this way <laughs> but um, that is finally like her giving back to Rocky like I finally get it I, I obviously you were here instead of training I, Mick is in the corner you can tell he's just been yelling at you for not training <laughs> and, and she, the first thing she says when she wakes up is, is win and that's pretty awesome followed by an even more awesome moment when Mick is like well what are we waiting for and then they go into the whole <laughs> training montage which is of course the highlight of any Rocky film so for me it's, it's, it's that Adrian is finally caught up and loves Rocky as much as Rocky loves her Chris Yes, I'm back. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yes, um, obviously it's nice to see that whenever she opens her eyes and then it's a case of um, Rocky then saying about, um, you know, when, you know, like, there's something I want you to do for me. What? When? And go like, what are we waiting for? Christmas? And then that's whenever they go out and do their, um, yeah, my, my, my voice talents are endless or meaningless, <laughs> one or the other. Um, but yeah, it was just... Um, it was just nice to see that and then obviously that gives Rocky kind of like the way and we'll touch on the third one, the kind of the kick up the backside that he needs to actually yeah. get focus and get the training. Uh, another thing that I take out of this is the fact that obviously Adrian is a very nervous character and she does not like the fact of Rocky fighting. So for her to after all she's been through in this, the going into a coma and that sort of thing, to turn around to him and to say go in there and win the fight means yeah. a lot well that's obviously whenever she's standing on the stairs and um, you know Rocky says don't stop me I haven't stopped you being a woman don't stop me being a man that kind mm -hmm. of yep uh, as was mentioned the training montage after Adrian awakes is a lot different um, of course we see Rocky chasing a chicken uh, to get speed because speed's what we need um, what do you think, Ryan, in comparison to this, you know, the training in number two in comparison to one? Uh, I think it's deliberate on purpose. They, they, it's kind of Mickey uh, utilizing or building up, I should say, Rocky's weaknesses into strengths. Um, there's, you know, he can punch through a brick wall, but he can't, you know, duck a punch or he can't chase, you know, chase after, you don't really chase, I guess, but he can't keep up with Apollo and it's, it has to be different. It can't be the same one. The, mo the movie itself is already too similar to the first one. So you have to have 
him focusing on different different boxing skills in order to finally overcome uh, Apollo. Chris. Uh, yeah. Um, it was just it was just something that will and not be the first time that we see it because obviously we see it then third and fourth one. You know, kind of Rocky seems to be able to train whatever way he's shown to train, but will he do it first? Because he doesn't do it at first here. You know, like, what are you holding back for? What are you waiting for? Nothing. And then the third one is kind of a case of, again, we'll touch on that later on, but he's trying to uh, get train and he's not. So then he eventually has a chat with Adrian, which gives him a kick off the backside again. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see him coming into the fight differently, you know, with him trying to be fighting right-handed and then he doesn't want to do any tricks or anything like that because he thinks that maybe it's a case of he's going to he's going to cheat in some respects because Rocky's a very simple man um, with you know he just wants to do his best and win by the first means that he can actually win by I really do enjoy the way it's so different in style to number one just the whole idea have you ever tried to catch a chicken anybody no 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 oh, Chris? Uh, frozen chicken yeah just whenever it's like drop down and rolls along a little bit yeah that but, would be a wee bit easier to catch but trust me i remember after seeing this movie i happened to be on like a day trip out and it was at a farm and i thought i'm going to try and chase after this chicken oh my lord it's hard <laughs> were you wearing a track suit that um kind of attracts like Good luck, gonna go like oh, it attracts flies and things like that, and had a big hole in it. Sadly, not. Oh, <laughs> would have made the story more interesting. And again, as we are obsessed with what films make, this film was the highest-grossing sequel ever until a certain sequel made from the mind of George Lucas. Um, that is, of course, The Empire Strikes Back, debuted a year later than Number Two. Um, did this stamp Rocky into film history, or as obviously Ryan has said, he's not the biggest fan of this, did we prefer the first movie? Ryan? Uh, Rocky, as a legacy and in film history, succeeds in spite of number two. Obviously, the first <laughs> one is still the better film. Uh, it's still the best film of all, all six. I hope I'm not giving away the ending to our, our podcast here. But uh, <laughs> um, it's it's... I just don't I don't know. There's something about the second one I, I just can't put my finger on that I don't quite enjoy. So I'll just cut myself off and say that, uh, yes, this is part of film history in spite of two, and first one is still the best. Yeah. Number two is, for me, it's an all-right film. It's your sort of... Um, you hear music business sort of second album syndrome and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's pretty good, but... In terms of if you were to compare it to number one, it really just doesn't stand up to the originality of the first one. Uh, Chris, um, it's a hard one to it's a hard one for me, but I would probably say that the first one, um, just to see how Rocky comes about, how he meets the love of his life, how he meets Apollo Creed, you know, like how he gets trained and all that kind of stuff. I think the first one has more. Um, character about it than the second one does you know the second one doesn't really have anything going for it until 
you know like you see Apollo getting enraged about you know like look at this this one's from London England you're a you're a joke and if I was a joke go kill yourself and all that kind of stuff and then it's um then Rocky getting trained and all that kind of stuff but it's only really whenever those two are in the ring does that come up like together Mm -hmm. um I do like the I always laugh at whenever he's doing the promotion, the, um, like the promo things for the um, aftershave, and he puts it on and makes him smell manly. And it's like, smell manly? Can you read that, Rock? That always um, cheers me up. But I think the first one would probably go in my DVD player more than the second one would. Yep. Um, was it a good move just to keep the same characters that were in the first one and not really introduce anybody new? Obviously, we got Rocky Jr., but he's not really a full-blown character yet because he's just a baby. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, just if for no other reason because, like we talked about a minute ago, it's a movie that picks up right where the last one left off. Excuse cool. me. Um, Chris? Hold on, I thought no. I thought he. I thought he stopped. Apologies. Uh, I, had, I was. I had a coughing attack. I had to mute my my microphone. <laughs> All right. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be professional, and that just went off. <laughs> but um, like I said, if for no other reason than because it was picks up right where the first one left off, and there's no need with Apollo being the 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 bad guy or whatever you want to call him, uh, his opponent. There's no re- no reason to introduce another one. The 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 guest of the guest appearance, so to speak, and future films will happen later. But this is very much a continuation of the the story of the first one. So adding major characters, new characters, would have been unnecessary. Yep, I totally agree. Chris? Uh, I couldn't really say more, in all honesty. Um, Polly and Adrian are a typical brother and sister, but Adrian goes back to work while pregnant, which eventually leads to, of course causing issues that we mentioned there, slipping in the coma after giving birth and such. Um, but of course, later we see them both rejoicing after Rocky's win. Did we buy into the sort of love-hate relationship of the brother and sister, Ryan? Absolutely. Um, I can speak from experience on this. And uh, <laughs> Paulie and Adrian's uh, back and forth uh, brother and sister is, uh, is completely uh, realistic and understandable. Uh, Paulie's kind of a jerk, but he loves his sister. So sometimes he's a jerk, and sometimes he's someone who, who loves his sister. So it's it's uh, it's pretty much a perfect brother sister relationship, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's a case of seeing, especially in the first one, how Polly treats her and basically treats her like crap. <laughs> so it's nice to see at the end of this one that, you know, Rocky's a friend to Polly, but obviously. He's now a husband and you know, like a father figure now to Adrian and Rocky Jr. So it's nice to see the two of them bonding over Rocky's win. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a case of Rocky seems to think the world of Adrian. So to see Adrian and Polly happy would have meant probably more to Rocky than winning the championship belt. Yeah, um, whether or not. Polly being happy is primarily for Ro- Rocky, or he's thinking, oh, right, right we're in the money. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure part of it is he's happy for Rocky, but it is nice to see, because obviously in the last two films we've seen, they have really been back and forth, and Polly, as he describes in later films, but again, we won't try and jump to that, as he, he says he's treated her like hell and stuff like that, but to see just this wee capture of a moment where they're both really, really happy, and that is a result of Rocky is really, really nice to see. Um, 
Of course, as kind of Chris mentioned earlier, Apollo launched a smear campaign in the run-up to the actual fight. But in terms of the fights, um, again, a wee bit of a comparison with number one is, did you enjoy the first fight or the second fight, Ryan? It's got to be the first fight. Um, again, I think, like the first movie is Rocky's determination, and then it becomes more focused in his determination in the fight. I think the things that are wrong with the second one become more focused at the end in the fight um, the mostly with the ending they both fall down and Rocky gets up first and that to me is always I just I, I don't know why I just hate that ending I just <laughs> I would have rather Rocky beat him outright if you're going to make all this big kerfuffle about a rematch and I, and I guess that they were trying to show how even they both were and then of course in three the, the friendship develops and, and it wouldn't maybe if Rocky had, had totally beat the living tar out of him but um, just that forced dramatics of falling for me, and climbing for, the ropes and stuff. It's too for much. me, it really, it's like you say, it's trying to be a bit over dramatic. It's, it nearly puts me in mind of like a last man standing wrestling match. It's just like, yeah. okay, they're getting up, they're getting up, they're getting up. Oh, he's fell down. You know, mm. sort of last minute sort of thing. You know, he wasn't fully on his feet, so he didn't stand up. Um, in comparison to the first fight, where it felt a lot more realistic in the sense of Rocky was the true underdog, whereas here we know Rocky can hang yeah. with Apollo Creed, so that adds a whole new dynamic to number two, in my opinion. Ryan, you were saying about, you know, like you would have thought it would have been better if he beat him out, right? Would it have been too much if Rocky had, like, really badly wounded uh, Apollo Creed that the fight needed to be stopped, you know, that, like, he really you know, went to town on his eyes or whatever like that, would that have been too much or would you just wanted to see him just like he does with every, well, uh, near enough everyone else that, you know, like he beats them fair and square, you know, like it's not a case of, you know, it's by one second or anything like that. It would have to be definitive and fair and square for him to to beat Rocky into uh, an injury or something that's completely out of character. Rocky wouldn't do that. It's certainly not to Apollo. There's There's clearly a respect factor there. Um, so that would have been completely out of character and would have would have bothered me even more. But I guess what I was would have wanted, you know, trying to put myself in a mind frame of where two would have been the last one. Um, I'm, I would have liked to have seen a definitive victory. He's gone through all this twice now, really, and for him to still barely beat him, it just it just doesn't seem like enough. Which maybe is why we got number three. But. Um, I would have liked a definitive, not a dirty win, but a definitive, <laughs> not, but a, def, a definitive win. Well, that kind of sums up the next question uh, from your opinion front. Uh, the if this was the last Rocky film, would have it been a fitting ending? I assume your answer answer would have been no, Ryan. Again, it's it's hard to put yourself in that mind frame where there won't be any after this because after this we see good endings and bad endings, like terrible endings. We see just. Uh, out of character endings, we see corny endings, but we see some good endings too. So if this was the end of the franchise, it would have, oh man, just be. <laughs> but you can only compare it to the first one, really, right? So yeah, no, it wouldn't have been a good ending. The first ending was the better ending than two. In in a world where only one and two exist, one is the better ending. Yeah, uh, if if it really had been a case of just one and two, I would have seen this as a very mediocre sort of an end. It would have been this sort of well, I thought it could have been, you know, I thought it could have been just that wee bit better, but 
whether or not at this stage Stallone already knew that there was going to be a three or not based on the success solely of number one it's really you would have to ask the man himself Chris what about you Yo, I was just gonna make like two movies, you know, and then stuff happened, and then I made like another four, you know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's your answer, yes. <laughs> no, you said you need to talk to Sylvester Sloan. He just popped in just to say, yo, I was just like making four of the movies because I like need money and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah a lot of money. Get a meatball. Yeah, um, yeah, I would. <laughs> I almost kind of scratching his head as to go, what have I done to deserve this? But um, no, definitely the first film had more. Even the the fight was better. Just basically everything was better than the first one. If you were to do Rocky two as the first one and then Rocky one as the second one, you know, like I think it would have been a better sequel than you know. Unfortunately, this is one of those films that the sequel kind of doesn't live up to the hype of the first one or mm-hmm. doesn't um, capture the emotion or the character um, of the fights and of you know Rocky just wanting to win the belt and all that kind of stuff. But um, Luckily, though, that leads us on nicely to our next stop, which is, in my opinion, a vast improvement on number two. Rocky Five. No. You said we were going in order. Not not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask, Ryan, if you said Rocky Two is your least favorite Rocky, correct? Um, I don't know if I said that because it's certainly not. <laughs> I don't know what I'm no, if, if if I said that, that was a mistake. But real quick, just to go back <laughs> in the beginning of Rocky Two, we talked about how it was the highest-grossing sequel until Empire, and I think that's that's poetic because here's the sequel in Rocky Two, which doesn't improve on the first one at all, and then it's poetically blown out the next year by arguably one of the greatest sequels of all time, which takes everything the first film did right and expands on it. And Rocky Two is left sitting on the canvas, wondering what the hell just happened. <laughs> so, a little poetic justice, courtesy of the Empire Strikes Back. Very nice. So, with that, we shall go to the break, and we will come back with our final segment for this episode. That is Rocky Three. Hello. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retro Shock with Crazy Cool Chris Vent and Awfully Awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Turtle Power! Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vint and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retro Shock, only on the Pop Culture Network. Guys, where can we find the latest wrestling news, interviews, and all-out awesomeness? There's only one place to go, and that is www.totalwrestlingshow.com. That's right, the UK's number one pro wrestling radio show. We are live every Sunday from 6pm, 6 till late, and we are your interactive wrestling revolution. Come and check out the Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash TWS Live. They can follow us on Twitter at TWS Mania. So don't forget the Total Wrestling Show, the UK's number one pro wrestling talk show, live every Sunday, 6 p.m. 
on TotalWrestlingShow.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi guys, I'm Brock from Pokemon. Remember, I went traveling with Ash and Misty? I'd rather travel back in time with Alan and Chris on Operation Retroshock. <laughs> Maybe they'll be girls. Now when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? United Artists and Chardoff Winkler proudly present Rocky Three. The worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. Get out of here, will you? The truth is we both started out on the same corner, and I got lucky with my life, but it's driving you nuts. Philadelphia salutes its favorite son, Rocky Balboa. Who else kill all these nice folks? Why you been ducking me? This guy is a wrecking machine. You know, you've got a big mouth. Who wants to come out and close it, Balboa? Come on. I don't want to fight this guy. You fight him Balboa was a fine champion, but his time has passed. See that look in their eyes, Rock? Gotta get that look back, Rock. I the tiger, come on. I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. <laughs> I'm gonna torture him. I'm gonna crucify him real bad. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, Rod, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough, this job will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. Well, I don't believe it. There is no tomorrow. Rocky's greatest challenge to save his honor, his marriage, and his manhood against his most devastating and dangerous opponent. Bust you up. Go for it. Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, and introducing Mr. T. Rocky III, an American tradition. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for the break. This is Owen Price. Oh, no, it's not. Um, it's Chris Vint here just saying welcome back for Rocky 3, the last part of this uh, wonderful Rocky marathon, which we've already had Rocky 3 in the background. Now we're watching Rocky 4, but not Ryan. I don't know. Ryan, are you watching any Rockies at the minute? I'm not watching any Rockies at the no, moment. No, he's not watching anything, you see, so he's not easily distracted like Alan is. But, uh, uh-huh, Cheers. So, Ryan, this Rocky film starts off with Rocky defending his title, um, being scouted by Clubber Lang. Um, Was this a good intro from the third film, you know, to seeing him beating different uh, opponents in kind of that way and seeing uh, Mr. T sitting in the crowd and stuff? Yeah, I think it's it's a great, um, kind of a different montage than what we're used to in our Rocky films but it's 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 kind of lengthening in his career like his fights aren't the only ones we see the the, the featured fights he's he's fought many many more opponents which that it establishes that and then him being stalked essentially by clubber lang is a great introduction to this 
this movie's opponent. Um, he's kind of unaware of him, but this guy is like legit. We see him like just destroying people while Rocky's just kind of coasting along and and living the good life, and it's a fantastic setup to the to the movie. Oh, it really gives a brilliant start to this third movie because obviously everybody will have seen Mr. T and the A Team, and this is his big movie debut because you actually see it in the opening titles and introducing Mr. T as Clubber Lang. Mm-hmm. And obviously you don't really see him you don't see him speak a lot. Obviously you hear him talking trash in the ring, you know, like I'm the best and that sort of stuff. But you don't really know a huge amount crazily about him here at the beginning. So he's got that air of mystery, you know, why is he always standing in the crowd? Yes he's scouting Rocky but why is he at every fight? Why is he following him to every fight? Is he that obsessed about Rocky? Is he that obsessed about the world title? But it is, as Ryan said, a nice different twist to the start of the movie in comparison to it isn't a such fully based on following on from the last film. Obviously, Rocky's won the world title, but we're picking up just that wee while a wee bit later. Obviously, I'm doing as all his title defences. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a lot different in the respect that whenever you see Clubber Lang straight out of the bat, you know that he means business. You know that this is going to be a lot more tough for Rocky than uh, his past two fights with Apollo Creed have been. Obviously, those two fights really took Apollo and Rocky, you know, like to the distance. Um, But this one here just looks like... You know, you hear Mickey say later on that this guy hasn't even been the distance very much like Apollo hadn't been. But it just gives... It's a good character, you know, for that because it just looks like, oh, is Rocky going to be able to beat him? Because he's just really up against it here. So as Alan touched on there and I, Ryan, Mr. T makes his film debut in an acting capacity. Um, But was his betrayal of Clubberland good? Or for you, was it just... BA from the A team as a boxer. Uh well, you might get a little upset at me, Christopher, but uh this was my introduction to Mr. T, not the A team. So kind of like the first one we <laughs> talked about, the introduction of Sylvester Stallone works because that's who he is. I didn't have anything to compare uh Mr. T to in terms of his portrayal of Clever Lang. I assume that was kind of who he was. I didn't know if he was a real life boxer that he used, because I definitely caught the introduc- introducing Mr. T as Clubber Lang, and the guy's name is Mr. T. Like, he was almost, like, larger-than-life professional wrestling <laughs> kind of thing. I had no idea who this guy was. So I bought into a hook, line, and sinker. Like I said, this was my first Rocky movie. Um, for me, as a kid seeing this, he was a legitimate threat, and his portrayal of Clubber Lang was was almost scary, really. I mean, he's he's insulting Adrian right in front of Rocky. He, you know, all, the, the, all the, the, the lines we love now, the I don't pity the fool and what's your prediction? Pain. And all that <laughs> stuff. I, I bought into all of that hook, line, and sinker. So for me, his portrayal of Clubber Lang was, was fantastic. I love the fact that, yes, he's still pretty fresh on the scene when it comes to this movie, but it's just the way... Obviously, with the first two movies, it's our first real unknown since the start of the Rocky movies. It's like, this is a completely fresh guy. And from the story that builds up from the, the opening montage right through, you see him fighting, you see him training. It really just makes you think Rocky is stuffed here. And you actually end up feeling a bit like what Mickey is feeling like in this movie. Um in the sense of Mickey's just like, I want to go and retire. I would want nothing to do with this. And you're just like, yeah. 
Rocky, it might be a smart idea if you agreed with Mick and called it a day. Maybe John Cena should take some advice of that and just retire. <laughs> oh, you're so cruel, Chris. But what to the John Cena fans? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, um, it's just a case of <clears throat> it was such a good. It was it was necessary in the A team, and then in this here, it's kind of like this is kind of like what. Obviously, we've seen Mr. T in WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2 as well, but this is kind of like if the the heel persona of Mr. T was to come out, this is what it would be like. It would just be complete badass that, you know, would take no names, take no stuff, because uh, I'm not going to swear, and um, just be a case of, you know, like if there was somebody standing in front of him and he needed to go through them. As one of the immortal lines from one of Sylvester Stallone's other films, Over the Top, I'm going to go through you like gas through a funnel. <laughs> I can't believe it took us this long to reference Over the Top. Well, I just that's knew awesome. I had to go there. You no, know? of course, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like a switch, you know, when the, when the cabin's like a switch. If I actually put my microphone on. <laughs> Yay! Uh, yay. Uh, we also see Thunderlips, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan, appear in this as a wrestler taking on Rocky in a charity event. Obviously, uh, Thunderlips is very much the bad guy in this. Um, was the Immortal One a perfect fit for Rock as you know Rocky's opponent, Ryan? Yes, for all the wrong reasons. This scene... Choose it's your <laughs> words carefully, Porter. I don't get me wrong. I we're gonna have a very similar conversation with with four as a movie in general. But this is is such a guilty pleasure scene where it's so ridiculous and so stupid and so over the top and so playing into the whole wrestle. You know, like they want you to think that it's real, and then all of a sudden they don't <laughs> you think it's real, and he's taking a picture, but then it is real again, and oh, it's so. Oh, it's so ridiculous, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Thunderlips, the ultimate male. He's got all those chicks all over him. And then the the size, because Hulk Hogan is really a big dude, and uh, Sylvester Stallone is not a big dude at all. So the, the size thing works, and the scene is just, oh, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But at the same time, it's kind of playing right into Clover Lang's hand, in a, not in, in movie context, but like out of the movie context, just showing how ridiculous Rocky has become. Has become. It's It's a very, very fun scene, but Man, is it not? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> it really, for me, it is one of the best scenes in Rocky Three. It is so over the top and fun. It is hilarious. Like all the way, it's built up. Like you were saying, Ryan, they really push it as if wrestling is one hundred percent legit. Because like the announcers are going, like they say, you know, if the wrestler gets his hand on the boxer, it's game over, sort of thing. And uh, they announce, I'll just say Hulk Hogan, because everybody will then, some people who are fresh will be like, who's Thunderlips? What? Uh, Hulk Hogan, he's billed as nearly seven foot. He's billed at three hundred and ninety pounds. It's just like, right? I know Hulk Hogan was big, but I know he wasn't three hundred and ninety pounds. But I think the wee bit that adds to it as well is Rocky completely plays into it innocently as well as if wrestling is real which you could nearly believe from Rocky's character if they nearly had the announcers you know slip a wee hint in you know that you know they know that wrestling's not real or something like that you know nothing too untoward or anything but Rocky was to be standing there and believing 
you could you know you could understand you would be like oh that's rocky yeah you know he he thinks it's real and all that sort of stuff but it really is just all the crazy over the top things that happen in this and like rocky's really worried and he's like you know getting the gloves off me and all and he chases after him it's fantastic um, the reason why Hulk Hogan was weighed in at 390 pounds was that was him and the two women that were coming down with him. <laughs> that weight. Um, yeah, obviously I'm a huge Hulk Hogan mark, but I love the fact that in WrestleMania 18, whenever Hulk Hogan fought The Rock, that he said, you know, like he was going to squash this meatball like he did in Rocky, you know, like he did like Sylvester Sloan in Rocky 3. And just some of the lines, you know, oh, blast off, meatball, and, you know, all these other things. It was just hilarious. Um, it is, it is over the top, but then that's what wrestling is. It's over the top. It's, you know, it's meant to be kind of, you know, you think that the bigger man's going to beat up the smaller man. And then I just love whenever the ring announcer says, see you next year. Thank God. Um, <laughs> just for me, really, just puts the icing on the cake. But to have Mr. T in the film and it was a big enough A-Team fan and then have Hulk Hogan in it was just like, this was even better than 1 and 2 you put together, in my opinion. That that for you was the mega powers colliding, huh, Chris? Yes, it was. Yeah, I would have preferred <laughs> um, Mr. T. Uh, Mr. T or maybe Clubber or maybe, you know, Apollo Creed as a tag team than Randy Savage, but the, that's just me. Um, so Ryan, obviously Rocky accepts Clubber's challenge, but Mickey is against Rocky fighting him after later, later divulging that his title defences were against Hasbeans, you know, Phillips. Um, was it interesting to see Rocky change to Apollo standard-wise with extravagant training and the press, etc.? Um, I think so. I think it, it came... You know, naturally, obviously, everything that happened with Mickey and and he needs someone to go to, or actually someone to come to him. Um, and it's it's just like we talked about in in part two. He's got to change. He's got to evolve as a fighter. And of course, you know, outside of the ring, he's evolving as a person. And it, it just he has to go through these challenges. It's almost like a like a science fiction or a fantasy hero. He's he's got to every or task. It's almost, it's almost like a Pokemon which has to evolve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to get a reference of Rocky and Pokemon there. Yeah, no problem. That's that's fine. You done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm for, just kidding. Uh, this segment, yeah. But in every movie, he has to train differently, and he has to adapt to his his opponent. So for him to do the same thing over and over again wouldn't work. He wouldn't be the champion. He wouldn't be Rocky. We wouldn't care. So there has to be uh, a change in his in his development, and this one to me feels more natural and more necessary than the change uh, in training in part two. Yeah. I really like the fact that, obviously, we mentioned, you know, extravagant training, the press, etc. because, of course, we see him, he advertises things. He advertises DeLorean motor cars. He's on the magazine covers of, like, People magazine. You had to get DeLorean in there, didn't you? You had to. <laughs> I can't help myself. But it's all these things going through, and after having went through all these husbands as Mickey eventually tells him he before he's told he thinks you know I'm doing really really well and he thinks very much of himself I'm not going to say by any means he's got cocky or anything I wouldn't see Rocky as being overly cocky but he's just got sucked into that lifestyle um, that we saw the way Apollo Creed acted in number one in the sense of He's surrounded by the bright lights, he's surrounded by the women, he's surrounded by the musical bands as he trains and all that sort of stuff. So it's really weird that 
he's got to that point. But again, of course, obviously it leads round, and we see where we go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I would agree with you there. Um, so I would for <laughs> my life. Um, so Ryan, Mickey has a heart scare before Rocky fights, bringing Rocky to lose in the second grind, round, grind, round, round um, to Clubber Lang. And after seeing Mickey tells him that it was a knockout in the second, obviously not divulging that Rocky lost. Um, for you, is this m- the most emotional moment in the uh, six Rocky films? Uh, no, not not by a long shot. Um, the whole <laughs> he's going to say he's going to say he felt more emotional after Rock- watching Rocky Five. Uh, well, there was a very different emotion. Definitely, <laughs> uh, that movie definitely brought out some emotions. Um, to me, Rock, or Mickey confessing to Rock that they were all has-beens and nobodies, and Rocky's like sense of betrayal is is so much more emotional than the whole Mickey with the heart scare and, and and passing away and everything like that. That's just to me again, I'm not sure why it doesn't register with me, but it just doesn't I it doesn't work with me at all. Um maybe it's because my perception is warped because this was my first movie and really if you if you have never seen one and two, Mickey is is nothing in the third movie. Yeah. So without that um Without that history, knowing that character and what he means to Rocky, when I first saw this movie, I didn't care that the old man was dying, and <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe my perception has always been warped, and I've never been able to get around that. But it's to me, it's 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 personally, it's far from the most emotional scene in the in the in the six films. I agree with you in the fact of if if you came into Rocky three completely fresh, you really would not be that taken aback by. Well, it's an old guy. He's died. He's old. That's that's what happens. Um, if you were to have watched them one through three, it would have a bit more of an impact. But again, like you say, Ryan, the whole idea that Mickey turns around and says to him that all the fights he has had as a champion are pretty much worth nothing now to yeah. Rock is a really, really big deal. I really have to agree with you there. I think it's more emotional the fact that you've never seen Rocky's parents so maybe this is kind of like another father figure to Rocky um, it's just whenever he's crying over him going, oh, and all that there it's just like uh, that's fine but he seems to get over the loss very quickly um, which for me is kind of a case of you know you don't really see him you know whenever he He's training with Apollo, you know. He doesn't, you know. He does say at some stage that Mickey never had me do this, but it's not a case of I'd rather go back to the old ways, that kind of stuff. But that's neither here nor there. But Ryan, with Mickey passing on and Rocky, he's then trained by Apollo. Uh, what did you think of this dynamic change of training styles? You know, with um, Apollo just giving him a, instead of just going like all for power, you know, trying to get him more speed and get him quick on the toes, on the toes, that kind of stuff. Um, again, I, I don't want to be redundant, but of course he's got to he's got to adapt. And Apollo is is that guy that can make him. Um, Apollo maybe sees this is a little bit of like a passing the torch thing. Apollo can't do it anymore, but Rocky can. And this guy has insulted Apollo, or something about Apollo that this that that him and Clubber Lang. They, but Apollo can't do it himself, so he needs Rocky to do it for him. So he kind of ascends from to the teacher position essentially and he's he's got to use Rocky to defeat Clubber Lang because he can't do it himself 
Oh. Yeah, it's all set up basically from that scene in the ring where you always have someone that goes in the ring and shakes hands with both people and like, yeah, good luck, blah, blah, blah. And Clubber basically is like, you know, old man, you know, you, you, you want to go, you want to go. Please. And he's basically a case of Apollo has maybe, say, lost a bit of his confidence in the sense of having lost to Rocky. He's like, I'm not as good as it once was. I'm, I'm pretty much done because obviously a lot more time had passed between two and three. Obviously, one went straight into two. So for Apollo to... Apollo wanted to get back at Clubber, but obviously, as Ryan says, he could not do this himself. And as Apollo describes to Rocky, is we need to teach you to fight like one of us. And in reference to African-American fighters having a lot more of a different style to than your typical Caucasian or Italian, you know, sort of, you know, more white sort of general fighters, they have a lot more flexibility. And as we see in the training montage, the sort of the jumping from side to side, you know, crossing the feet, all that sort of mm-hmm. different things, you know, and he even gets him to go and swim in a pool, sort of thing. That's that was completely out of anything we have ever seen Rocky do in his training. Yeah, can he swim with a name like Rock? Um, Ryan, obviously, Rocky then adopts a different strategy in this bite to exhaust Clubber. This in turn gives Rocky as quick as victory in the series. Would you have liked to see him go a few more rounds with Clubber Lang? No, this is what I was talking about at the end of part two. This uh-huh. is this is he got his butt whipped. He he adapted. He, he he grew as a fighter and as a person. And as a result, he was able to able power, overpower his opponent. And this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is definitive. He wears him out. He 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 exploits Clubber's weakness, and by utilizing his own strengths, this is perfect. This is the way it should be. So this was the ending that you. If this was Rocky Two, you would have been a happy camper then. Yes, that's what I. That's what I want to see. If he's going to adapt and, and and evolve or whatever you want to call it, it should it should be this way. At at that point, the dramatics are over, and it's just time for Rocky to win. Alan, I like that. I like the way you've described that. That's a pretty cool idea. Um, I would have liked to have seen a couple more rounds, but that's probably more self-service to myself and the idea of you know see more of Mr. T in the ring, but that's again because I have seen him as BA and A team before this, so it was like more screen time, more in ring time, sort of go, go, go sort of thing. But I do, I must say, I like the way Ryan has said there, Rocky has really went through a lot of stuff. He's evolved as a person, evolved as a fighter. He took such a beating by the hands of Clubber Lang in that first mm-hmm. match, that it is kind of, it's nearly justice personified in the sense of, you beat me quick, well, I've adapted and I've beat yeah. you quick. It almost would have made, meant nothing if <clears throat> a, uh, Clubber Lang would have thrashed Rocky and uh, Rocky, you know, goes down like a sack of potatoes and then Rocky gets a split decision or something like that. I can see where you're coming from in that respect, Ryan, as well. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to give him his clean-cut victory to get his belt back and to show the dominance that Rocky had and still has by beating one of the, the you know, the guy who had the belt and who was probably went up the ladder quicker than anyone else. So Ryan, obviously we've touched on with the past two films um, that they had gone a flying eye, uh, but in this we were introduced with a different musical track called Eye of the Tiger. Uh, was this a perfect track for this film? Uh, absolutely. Even if they hadn't shoehorned it in with Apollo's line about getting back the Eye of the Tiger, 
Um, that obviously that little chunk of dialogue there was a little clunky and a little forced to uh, <laughs> to go with the soundtrack. But despite that, um, Eye of the Tiger is kind of like the Thunderlip scene. It's cor- it's so corny, it's awesome. It's <laughs> it's it's very it embraces everything the movie's about. And it's one of those you want to put on at the gym when you're on the treadmill or whatever and you're starting to lose your steam. You know, if you flip the Eye of the Tiger, you're going to go for at least the next four minutes because that's how long the song is. But um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing because people hear it now and they immediately think of Rocky or yeah. maybe one of the parody commercials that have used it hilariously. But it's it's immediately recognizable as, oh, yeah, it's Rocky. So that it, it succeeds in, in that regard alone. Alan? There's so many good songs in Rocky, it's unreal. Obviously, as you mentioned, you've got Gonna Fly Now and all that sort of stuff, and you have um, Take It Back and all the street singers. And I was wondering if you want to do that or not. But it's something, something connected with people with this song that it has become perfectly associated with Rocky, whether it was the fact of what we see happen in three and the fact of the adapting and the you know coming back from a bad defeat mm-hmm. that really just fits with that song obviously yeah as ryan says the shoehorning of the eye of the tiger line um but i would doubt that would be something that would make it resonate to people but it really it just that is the song that everybody pictures now i love the song from the next movie, but we shall talk about in the ne- next episode of the show. Is that the, is that the one that's on TV at the minute? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But we'll get to that in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great song, but for me, as you've just touched on there now, um, I think the fourth one has better, has more memorable music tracks than the third one does. But we'll talk about that in the next show but lastly Ryan after Rocky Rocky's victory Apollo cashes in his favour with Rocky giving them a match against each other at the end of the film who would have you put your money on to win uh, well before I get to that I have to say that this is probably one of easily in the top three uh, favourite scenes in the entire Rocky saga and the line Remember, you fight great, but I'm a great fighter. Is one of my yeah. favorite lines. One of my favorite lines in movie history. Like, if I were to make my own top 100 quotes list, that would probably go top 10. I love that line. I love this whole scene where it's just the two of them. Who would I have put my money on? Oh man, I, I want to go. I want to go with with Clo- uh, not Clover. Wow, sorry. Uh, I've got he's in his shit up, old man. I've got Mr. T on the mind, on the brain. But uh, I want to go with Apollo just because it's that, that mentor-student relationship, and maybe Apollo didn't tell him everything um, just, to, just to stay a step ahead. But um, I love that it ends, and we don't, it doesn't matter who wins. That mm. whole scene, that line of, again, you fight great, but I'm a great fighter, is just, it's, it's so awesome. That, that could have been, to go back to the last movie, that could have been the end of, of the Rocky movies, and I would have been a very, very happy guy. I do like the painting that kind of shows up whenever you see the two of them kind of going to punch each other. That, for me, is just like a great end to a great film. But yeah, I, I do like that. You know, um, I also like the fact that like, you want to ring the bell. Ding, ding. I just like the fact that they do that. And it's kind of a case of, you know, you just see them going around. Come on, yeah, come on. You know, like sort of having a bit of a laugh and a joke with it. But you don't know how serious it gets, whether they're kind of in there and they just beat the holy hell out of each other what are you Alan? I agree with Ryan in the sense of there's part of you that would really like to think that Apollo 
gave Rocky his all and was able to maybe just about pip him. It's just the sort of idea of, obviously with this we see Apollo had trained Rocky through this movie to make him good because it appears that Apollo doesn't have it anymore and couldn't have went with Clubber Lang. So you're just like, you want Apollo to think he still has it. You want him to still be able to do it. But it is a good idea the way they end it and you just see the punches getting swung and it just ends there. And you never you never really get a mention to that really full and bluntly. Again, there's no hints given in any you know, in the fourth movie as to who won it or anything. They don't go, Ah well, you know, that you remember that night in the ring and all that sort of stuff. You know, there's no real hint towards that. So yeah, it would have been a good if they ended it there at three, it would have been a very, very good end. Okay, well that basically just does it for us for this episode. Obviously, we will continue to talk about Rocky, uh, but you will hear that in the next week or so, whereas we're going to end up talking about it now. So, uh, do you want to say farewell for uh, a few, well, I don't know how long people will be listening, so a, a week or so? So, do you want to say goodbye to the listeners, Ryan? Bye! No, <laughs> no. Uh, it's it's been it's been great so far, and the second half promises to be um, interesting. Inter- interesting. And uh, yeah, so uh, tune in next time.